What up, Fatherhoods Nation? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. They've got ill creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Not only that, but Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and all that. You can make a little paper from your podcast too with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one spot. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Yo, be a father. If not, why bother, son? A boy can make him, but a man can raise one. Be a father to your child. Be a father to your child. This is KGB. What up, it's DJ EFN. Yo, this is Manny Digital. Welcome to the Fatherhoods Podcast. What's up, fellas? <laughs> Yo, you don't got to make the sound, bro. K- I know, it, I know. Son. I, know. I, haven't found, I haven't found the new one yet. I got, uh, I got to find the non-George Lucas sound right. effect. So. Yeah, we don't you're, need that. You're dropping dime on us, man. You snitching. That's all right. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I got I to be honest. Can I be honest right quick? So I mean, don't lie to us. <laughs> So I'm I'm in the backyard working on some stuff, and then I see I see the call come in from from you guys, and I'm like, oh, yo, I totally spaced. Thank God I was at home, but I totally spaced that we were recording at this time. Oh, okay, okay. So thank God, because I was gonna be like, yo, son, I'm fucking wherever. I, I was go, I was <laughs> I was on my way to Lowe's. No, nah, I would no, nah, I would have been like, yo, I'm heading to Lowe's. That would have been whack. So my wife, thank God. So this is back to like bigging up my spouse. She was like, "Oh, oh, go, go! I'll, I'll go to Lowe's and and handle it." I was like, "Damn." Nice. So yeah, my wife's a G. <laughs> my yeah, wife got mad. Real things. My wife got mad at me today. Mm. For fatherhood? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, for saying something? Are we causing? For, we causing for, drama? For not saying. For not saying something. Oh, you what? stay. You stay <laughs> getting in the doghouse for that shit. <laughs> what did you do? What was it this time? Uh, talking about the, uh, I guess, uh, which episode was she listening to? She was listening to an episode, I guess, where I was talking about my son at the, the soccer, like him taking off his shoes. shoes. Yeah. And in my mind, I'm like, there's sometimes where I'll, it's like, we're having a conversation. Right. And so, and, and it's sometimes it's the abridged version, right? I don't remember exactly what went down, but we're, you know, I'm, we're talking, we're just trying to get to the point and have the discussion about it. Right. So she was like, why? At first she thought I was trying to like save face for her and not say, you know, exactly what she said. Cause there was more to the conversation. Like when we were talking to our son, mm-hmm. it got a little bit more heated. And I guess I, and I guess the way I explained it just made it seem mellow, but it wasn't necessarily mellow. Um, and you know, she told her, she told my son that that was stupid what he did. And and then he all of a sudden took that. He started tearing up, and he's like, "Why did you just? You just called me stupid. You said you would never oh. say that kind of thing to me, you know." And and then she had to explain, "No, I didn't call you stupid. What you did was stupid." And you know those kind of things. Like if a, a grown up told you to go do something that was messed up, that would be a stupid thing to do. Like you have to know not to do stupid things. So you know it got it got a little tense, right? Mm. And I I forgot all about that when we were talking when we're talking about it and you know she came up to me she's like well, you know i appreciate you not trying to uh, kind of sugarcoat it for me and you know maybe share all that info and i was like well i, I actually forgot what you just said you know <laughs> that you, that you said that that wasn't really that really wasn't the the point i was trying to make when we're when i was bringing that whole convo up right and then i felt like she got mad at me because uh because i really just forgot about it you know what i mean it was just it was just like it was like uh i, I think by the way could, just just for the, win on that one just for the people listening i think that was episode 43 if i'm not mistaken where we had that conversation about that was the one where your son took off was told to took take off his shoes, shoes off. yeah the soccer yeah, yeah, game right yeah yeah so point point being i guess the whole idea of sometimes with podcasting is funny because it, it's 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 almost like we're in these conversations and sometimes just like a normal conversation you forget things or you know you have a you have a different point of view in your head to like lead the conversation and you don't necessarily always get everything out you either forget things or you maybe leave some things out if it's too personal or 
whatever. I just think it's funny. But, you know, when people who are close to the actual event that happened right. hear these things and it's like, well, why don't you say this? Or why don't you add this in there? You're full <laughs> of shit, Kay. Yeah. Bullshit. That, that's, you know, get used to it as we do this more often. Um, I'm still not used to that happening. That's why in, in Drink Champs, I created the phrase uh, drunk facts. Right. And I tell people that means that we're either off by a year or off by a name, but it's more or less in the realm of reality what we were saying. It's facts, ballpark. You know? It's ballpark. Right, right, right. In the ballpark. I get I get that kind of shit all the time. I mean, my wife doesn't come down on me too tough because she knows I, I become a, a bit aloof normally about shit. But, blonde. Yeah, totally. I get no disrespect my, to the blondes. Well, I was actually born a blonde, so that explains a lot. <laughs> Okay. Um, Were you really? I was. I can show you pictures. Nah. <laughs> I'm dead get ass. Get out of here, bro. I'm dead what ass, bro. Weird Dominican shit is that? Yeah, I don't know. That's what happened, babe. <laughs> so they just threw sunning in your hair, man. Nah, right dog. You, you fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> but I do. I do that a lot, actually. Like my wife doesn't listen to all the episodes anymore, but um, like cat, you know, every now and again she'll hear me like when I'm putting a you know the episode up on on our distribution platform and she'll start to hear little things and she's like she'll peek over and she's like yo but you forgot about this part of it and that and i'm like fuck you're right <laughs> <laughs> and they're like good takes and i'm like shit man i don't, I don't know we just we just go <laughs> yeah yeah it's either you'll forget a part of the story you'll one thing that happens to me is i forget my vocabulary words <laughs> you know, like, like, like you know you're like you might have something in mind. You're like, man, I'm gonna kill this. I'm gonna say this, that, and the other. And then you get there, and you're like, I, my name <laughs> right. is Eric. Right. I I'm just, telling you. And I just you, said like, and you know about twenty times in the one, <laughs> one sentence. And, <laughs> and for anybody listening, if you've never record, you know, been in front of a microphone and recorded, you wouldn't understand. Like, I mean, some people are naturals, but most people aren't. Yeah. And it takes, and even it, it takes some getting used to, but even like I've been doing drink chance for how long, or I've been doing stuff like this forever and I'm still not used to it, you know, mm-hmm. you know, you know, <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> Manny blondness just rubbed off. You're welcome. Uh, nice. So yeah. I want, I wanted to get back into, cause kind of, we kind of teased the audience in the last episode. Um, at the very end, because I kind of started with a, a loaded topic, and we didn't really come to a conclusion. So I wanted to kind of rehash, has, uh, rehatch what I Hatch. what I mentioned. <laughs> so I, I was I was saying that my my son and I were watching television, and there was a dude on the TV, and I had made mention of the the person on television. And I was like, I don't know what we were talking about, but basically it was like. Hey, what do you think that dude is doing? Something like that. <clears throat> and my son looks at me kind of perplexed. And I'm like, yo, what? Did I say something wrong? And he looks at the TV and then looks at me and he goes, how do you know that's a dude? And I was like, fuck. My son is six, right? So not fuck like, you know, anything bad per se, but I'm just shocked. Oh, wait, this was the 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 ending of the last episode right. yeah, that we were going to yeah. get into. Right, okay, right, okay. right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, welcome. So this is welcome. So, so, so <laughs> this is it, it was. It was more of a fuck. Like, how do I start this conversation? Yeah. Right? It, or, it, or where is this conversation going? Exactly. It, it overwhelmed me because honestly, for me, it's very complicated. The whole topic of gender in present day, right? With the whole, you know, pronouns being a, a big part of, the of spectrum. gender, and the, yeah, the wide spectrum. Right. Um. It. It's very. I, I I'm honest, and every time I find someone of of that community, I'm always very. You know, you you kind of you can't be too aggressive about like, yo, I want to know, I want to know, because then they take it like it's it's you know you're trying to insult them or what have you. Or like they're a zoo animal, and you're like exactly, probing. exactly, yeah, like you're probing. So <clears throat> I can't claim to be very knowledgeable in all aspects of the LGBT. I think it's Q. I, QI or IQ. There's there's an I in there somewhere. I think. Again, see, this is proof positive. I mean, I think that's indicative of our generation as well. Right. True. Which we're, you know, we're still in the wrong most of the time when we talk. We're we're still saying oh, yeah. inappropriate say, jokes and right. stuff like that. Right. So yeah. But sorry, go ahead. So so I'm I'm you know I'm trying to explain to my son why my point of view was the way it was, right? Why I called the person a dude, and 
and I, I and I, I we didn't get that deep into the conversation. No, but, no wait a second, real quick. Was yeah. was your son when you were whatever you were watching on TV? Did the person? Wait, look were you like watching a, Euphoria? Sorry, sorry, King. Yeah, were you watching Euphoria? Because I want to talk about that. Show. I have no idea what that is. It's an HBO show, a new HBO show. No, I have not watched it. Okay, sorry. Continue, K. All right. Did <laughs> did did the person look like a guy, and that's why you automatically said that's that's a dude. Yeah. And and so someone who looks like a dude, your son was questioning why would you call automatically call him a dude even though he looked like a dude, right? Exactly. So, okay. Exactly. So it was like, you know, a person with a beard, you know, right. like, like little less than yours, K. And and then obvious male features. Okay. And so that that's why I called him a dude. So then why would you so yeah, I'm curious why your son would would question that at this early stage of his life. And that he's that hyper aware of it. Yes. Yeah. So here here's what you gotta understand about my son. My son is an asshole. My son's an asshole. Like much like so his he father. Was testing you? <laughs> like I, testing I, your your uh what's it called? Um Oh my God! Uh, what's it called when you're like in the like you you can't say things a certain way in comedy? They're always saying that we've lost it in society. Um, Hold on, I'm not sure. Political correctness, are. right? Oh, I, yes, I think he was challenging that, but to be a dick, right? Like, because okay. my, right, my, right, right. my son likes to catch because I I mean it's something that I do to my whole entire family, friends, everybody. I, I act that way, so I think he's picked that up. You do, man? Nah, yeah, get you out never of noticed. <laughs> <laughs> So, <laughs> but but he was very good about it. So I couldn't tell which way. Like, is this a serious conversation that we need to have, or are you just trying me? Right? I wasn't really. Cl- it wasn't clear to me. So, but I aired on the side of caution, and I'm trying to really explain and be be mindful of what I'm about to say, and not like just take it lightly, right? Because I don't want him to think it's okay to play that way in general. Because you you really might offend somebody that's going through some stuff. So I'm explaining it to him, and I'm. The hardest part for me was like trying to dumb it down to a level that a six year old could understand, right? Because sometimes it can be a little bit more. The words that I use might be a little bit too far out for him. So I'm explaining, and I'm like, da 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 da, and he's like, but but there are some some women with a beard, or, or you know, facial hair is what he said, and I'm like, yeah, no, that's true. And and I've heard some some people refer to themselves as women that sound to me like what a man sounds like, and I was like that is also true. And and then we started having this conversation, and yo, I got super uncomfortable, and I kind of just like said, look, the reason why I called this person a man is because he sounds like a man, has facial features that appear to be a man, and historically for me that that looks you know and sounds like a man. And that's where I, that's where we ended it, but I still I still didn't know which angle he was coming to at me from because mm. I I didn't get I, I wasn't prepared to go deeper so I cut yeah. it, I cut it loose before you know I I even got more confused. Yeah, if you guys want to feel a little bit even more uncomfortable, <laughs> but 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 entertained at the same time. I, I advise you to watch the the new HBO show Euphoria, okay. which I've been watching with my girl, and and it's about basically it's mostly revolved around uh, drug addiction, mm. but it feels like it's a, it's revolving around like it's mainly drug addiction, but it's like all kinds of addiction, sexual addiction, and and uh, porn addiction, you know, uh, it, uh, social media addiction, like it's just like what's playing young America today type of shit, mm. but it's like a real deal show, and it like gets it, like it, it makes you feel uncomfortable and it has these whole everything you're talking about like there's a character that in the beginning you're just like is that a girl is that a boy mm-hmm. uh, I'm and you know and the thing is we're in a weird time I think in, in I don't know if it's society or in culture today where like I said our generation I feel like we're like a little we don't know what to do you know and, and even and, and it's like you ever feel like like you know, you might be like, man, I'm not, I'm not homophobic, or I don't, I don't have anything, no ill towards this, this type of person. But then you, you do carry these old, you know, ways of being where you say things, you know, like like gay jokes or whatever to your boys, mm-hmm. and you know that if someone were to hear that, they they would feel, you know, hurt by it or uncomfortable. For the most part, you might think. So you know, it's like we're in a weird 
time, you know, and hip hop kind of like, you know, perpetuated a lot of this stuff. But then look at hip hop going now in like a whole other direction. Like we had Little Nas X recently came out. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. But, guess, uh, but, but sorry, but we, no, I would ahead. say go ahead. the audience or you, like you, Manny specifically, maybe not with your kid, because even for us as grown men, like it was difficult for me to watch this show because there's parts where they're just, I feel like we've had it so good as men where they showed us naked women all the time in, in film, yeah. where now they're just mad dicks just right. <laughs> on this show. Right. Just, I mean, when I tell you mad dicks, it's cringeworthy, like for us that we're not. <laughs> Like, used you to know, I mean, that. I don't know that anybody should be used to that. But then again, like, it's like, they'll be like, oh, yeah, but you had pussy and tits all your life. You know, now it's like, Yo, now it was, you know, we, we throw it to the other direction now. <laughs> Yo, but that's, and, uh, that's a, that's a, that's a fact. Like, that's a fact. They're yeah, right. It's a fact. And in your mind, like any real human is going to have real conversations in your own brain. Like, like, yo, I can't watch this shit, you yeah. know, but then you're like, but, but this is, you know, film and this is art and. They're trying to make a point, and and you know we've had it, we've had this, you know, no, you know, women had to sit there and watch Pussy and Tits. Yeah, right. So let's just watch it and let let's just see what this is. This film's trying to convey to us or this program, mm. and, and take it for what it is. But it, uh, watch it, man. But, but sorry, Kate, go ahead. Wow. Well, I don't even remember what I was going to yeah, <laughs> say. Mad dicks, yo. <laughs> <laughs> yo, when I t- yo, <laughs> mad Jesus. Dicks. <laughs> yeah, for real. That's now. Now all I, all I'm thinking about is mad, mad dicks. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Thanks, E. Fucked up the whole episode now. <laughs> I'm so we can't, we can't get back is, on t- on task here. But it's a good. It's a really good. It's a well made <laughs> show, man. Tackling these these things and. Maybe we can all learn from it. But... <laughs> yeah, first, you got to stop laughing. <laughs> I've, ne- I've never seen you turn beet red like that, bro. <laughs> Holy crap. Yo, Manny, going back to just the, un- the, uh, the uncomfortable factor of that conversation, I, I would feel uncomfortable too, not, not because of anything about anyone's preference. It's just... For me, I feel like you know we've got a, you've got a young kid, right? My son is six, going on seven. Yeah, I'm not talking to him about any kind of sex, nope, anytime right now, and I don't plan to unless you know he starts talking about. It. I'm sure they're going to start his you know friends at school as he gets older. I mean, it's coming, right? But I guess the idea that um, I don't know, man. I just don't want to like I, I I feel like the the agenda of like pushing the 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 sexual preference agenda so far in the public um that's you know it is what it is but as far as kids go me personally i'd rather just you know when it's time to talk about sex and sexual preference then that makes more sense for kids to kind of understand it more and understand all the kind of differences but for him to just be scratching his head like, well, what is this all about when I haven't even spoken to him about sex, period? Yeah. That's that's the uncomfortable factor for me. I, I, I feel like there's a time and a place, right, for that conversation to just organically happen. And you can't – not that you can't, but I, I'm, I'm of the same mind. Like, don't push the shit, right? Let's just have the conversation when the shit organically manifests and then start to deal with it. But it's so – or you can't even you don't even know what organic is anymore because right. it's you got like a 360 degree uh you know the kids now have a 360 degree view into so many different things and a lot of the times you're not even really able to monitor what it is that they're exposed to so they're you getting don't watch that show yeah <laughs> i'm just saying everything you're talking about is 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 in that show i mean it's obviously to an extreme you know cuz right that's, these shows have to give you a lot of information in a short amount of time, but it, it's tackling all these issues, man. We should we should go talk to the executive producers see if they want the fatherhoods to give their spin. Right. Just they should ma- sponsor our show. And we just show up, mad di- <laughs> mad dicks in hand, and we'll just give them <laughs> no. we'll give them our perspective. <laughs> Yo, now let me ask you all a serious question. Um, and being that Manny has boys and girls, I have a girl. You have a son, okay. Like with the way with the 
the stuff that we carry from you know from what we've learned growing up and and maybe the biases or the or whatever the thoughts that we have how do you how do you think you're going to tackle and now and i feel like this has been is pushing it like forcing you to tackle this to a degree manny like how do you feel you're going to tackle these things and like kind of explain these things to your children um with like are you trying to be conscious of 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 any bias you might have or any ideas you might have and you're trying to uh conform to today's ideas and ideals or are you gonna you know like i don't know like how does that work man like you know there's some things that don't feel right yeah to be quite honest with you yeah. that, that everybody's like no you need to be politically correct or you need to conform to this and some of these things i'm like nah i, I don't need to conform to it right you know i can be respectful of certain things but i don't have to conform to other things right yeah you know? I and i can see respectful yeah, I, is the key is the key word there it's like yeah. re respecting and understanding but doesn't necessarily mean that you have to conform if it doesn't feel like it fits your your life and what you're right. trying to teach your kids you know right 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 like you don't bash anybody's um way of life right because it doesn't fit in in your box but right but yeah like how, how do you how do you guys feel like you're gonna like how are you tackling that like you know what is it that you're keeping and what are you trying to change you know you don't have to get into detail but what is it that how do you think you're gonna be able to deal with this you want me to answer that you're asking me uh, anybody I the, mean, the other guy in the podcast. <laughs> the fourth guy. Nah, I was giving Kay, I was giving Kay the floor, but um, for, I I do I'm I'm hyper conscious of my own biases, or at least I try to be, right? And I don't want I try as much as I can to f not allow those to be passed on um, as best I can. Like that's an, almost an impossibility for yeah all of them to not pass on. But when it comes to having to deal with other folks, right, other people, respect, for, I'd say fairness is my approach, right? And so I want my kids to understand when they're ready the whys of certain situations as best as I can explain it. So, for instance, you know, we, we have a gay family, you know, gay family members, right? And so we, it's not like, we don't interact with them because of their choices. Cause yeah. we're the, you know, right. because the bulk of my family is heterosexual. We don't outcast them because of that. And when my kids see that relationship, well, at least at first they were wondering, yo, what's up? This looks off. Why, why does this look off to me? And we were having that conversation. And so it, it was, it was difficult to have, but it was, it was done honestly. Right. And it wasn't like, you know, we don't like them because they do that. You got to come over here. It was more like, you know, just really basically explaining the, the aspect of people loving people at the end of the day. Right. So it it's a lot easier for me these days than it was, I, I guess, that initial jumping off point. But for me, the world of homosexuality is a lot simpler to understand and I might even be saying it wrong, but the way I, you know, traditionally how we would look at homosexuality is a lot easier for me to explain and understand versus, you know, and I just, uh, to use an example, like this, the, how people prefer to be spoken about or, or to with respect to like a pronoun, right? That to me is very com com confusing to even have a conversation. So it's, <clears throat> it, it definitely is back to the you know same thing we talked about fairness and respect above everything else right okay yeah i i'm i'm on the same page i mean uh i think the respect portion of it is is the key and that's been that's been kind of our uh, i guess laying the groundwork with him as we begin to as he begins to grow older and start learning about differences in people, you know, like even just when he was younger, like, Hey, you don't have to reference someone's difference because they might be bigger or thinner or their hair is different. And, you know, even like starting to tackle, um, you know, race talk and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, it's just, it's kind of like the conversation just keeps evolving because there's so many different differences in people. And, um, so I think we've just been trying to instill the respect level, first of all, and everyone's differences, but, but that doesn't mean that, you know, we have to 
conform to what the what society deems as like you got to do x y and z um so i don't know it's, it's a bit of a head scratcher just in terms of how to approach it because also we don't there's like i can have in my head like oh yeah the conversation's going to go like this at this time and it may it's probably not going to happen that way it's going to come from left field when i least expect it and, you know he's going to he he will have encountered something or some one of his friends will have told him something that i'm totally okay. unaware aware of and then it's you know uh, all right how do you explain this and then you know and ultimately it's what we want is for our, the best for our kids and for them to 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 assimilate in society as best as possible but what's scary about all these topics is that the political correctness landscape is constantly changing right it, yeah so if fun. you try to conform to that it's like you know you're going to miss a step and things are going to change in a different direction that's why you should be kind of like sure in what your beliefs are and I think, yeah, respect is the safest place. Just respect everybody and their ideas and their thoughts and their way of living as long as they respect you as well. Right, exactly. Um, yeah, but, but at, that, like for, at that point, if if it's disrespect toward you, it's beyond sexual. No, no, that has nothing to do with this. Yeah, yeah, it has nothing to do with none of this. But, but another thing, too, to, to think about, unfortunately, or not unfortunately, I'm just saying, like, where it complicates things, not 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 unfortunately, is that... Like, for example, you've seen any of these stories um, about, like, parents where their kids tell them they they um, they um feel like they're a different sex or, or they're different orientation. And then from a young age, they start transitioning. Mm -hmm. And that's where I'm, like, confused. Like, I don't – that seems like such a – Drastic step. Complicated thing to oh. deal with. And, yeah. and I don't know – I don't know that I could – I could – be good with you know having a kid start to you know transition like i would maybe in my mind i'd wait till they were a certain age you know closer to adult you know like young adulthood to be sure that they feel that way and that society isn't pulling them in one way or the other right out of, yeah. out of pop culture shit or you know obviously people who were you know some people be like Man, that ain't no pop culture shit nobody wants to you know have that orientation knowing all the stigma that comes with it but you know it's just such a complicated thing all right let's pause on that and bring our guest in because that that <laughs> that opens up a whole nother <laughs> long right. combo all right all right folks so we have sasha jenkins on the fatherhood's podcast with us today so sasha's man you're a, a filmmaker author journalist musician artist just man you just you've built a, a great body of work man and for those that uh, don't know who he is uh, check out of Mike's and Men, the Wu Tang documentary Ooh. that uh, that he directed, uh, 1865, the band. Uh, check out Ego Trip, gang of stuff. So thanks for joining us, man. Thank you, man. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. And uh, and most importantly, a father. Yay, yay! Why you here? The most important gig I got. Yeah, man. For sure. So life-changing so, gig. Yeah. So we we like to kind of jump in first with our guests and just find out a little bit about what you're family dynamic is okay well i've been married close to 10 years to my wife raquel cepeda who is a filmmaker and writer in her own right yep. um i'm a stepdad initially uh, our daughter jolly came into her life when she was six she is now 22 and a filmmaker in her own right and Damn. then there's our son marceau who just turned seven uh, healthy, handsome young man who's very creative and smart, and we live in New York City. Nice. So going into the the, the stepfather combo first, man, Manny's got uh, a daughter from from his wife, and uh, she, around the same age, right? You that uh, that you came into her life, Manny? Uh, actually, I came into her life when she was three. Okay, so just a, right. a little bit younger, yeah. How was that transition for you, Sasha, just in terms of, I mean, had, were you kid-friendly prior to that? Did it take a while to to kind of glue the family together and, and be in that mode? Uh, I mean, for me, as someone who, you know, grew up in a single-parent household, you know, my parents, you know, they uh, didn't really work out. And then eventually my father passed away when I was pretty young. So the dynamic of having an additional 
adult in the mix was something that I always wanted as a kid. And it was always something that I was sensitive to. So when, when I came into the situation, it was something that, um, I was sensitive to and, and understood and understood the possibilities in terms of what it is that I could provide. Um, you know, her, her biological father is in her life. So it's not like, um, she didn't have access to, you know, uh, a father, but in terms of someone being there full time living with her, you know, me coming into the mix was, was new for her and new for me. But again, as a kid who always wanted, uh, you know, both parents and wanted a somewhat stable situation for me, it was something that I embraced and, and, um, dove into the best that I could you know, trying to be cognizant of the fact that, you know, she has a biological father. So there are certain things that I am not, but there are lots of things that I am and can be. So here we are. And how did you guys, in terms of the biological father, how, how has that relationship between the two of you worked out through the years? Have you had to deal with them much? Well, we've Is known it... each other. We've known each other. Ironically, we, you know, knew each other from a whole separate circle. He was in, in punk bands before me. So, you know, he was a brother on the scene, uh, a little bit before me. So we had friends in common and knew each other, but, um, you know, my wife is not in that mix at all. So it's just random how things work out in life, but I don't think anything happens by accident. So it feels like it was, it was meant to be, but you know, I've got no issue with the brother. I respect him and he's a, he's a cool dude. Nice. Uh, how hard was it, um, Sasha, for for you? Because, again, I, I'm in that same situation, and I guess I can't claim – I can't say that my my daughter's biological dad is really much in the picture. He's around but vaguely is ever seen or heard from. So, for me, that that's a benefit. That's a little easier for me um, as I'm raising her. But having – the, the biological be present, did that present challenges to you or, you know, how, how was that, uh, how did that evolve? I mean, you know, not to put it all out there, but, you know, my wife and he didn't have the best relationship, which, which happens. It's why people don't stay together. Right. Um, so, but that really didn't affect, you know, our daughter's relationship with him. She had a, and continues to have a very direct relationship with him. So to me, what's most important is that she's in a good place, Mm -hmm. you know, with both figures. And, you know, I kind of play my position, you know, there again, as someone who comes from a situation where, you know, my father wasn't in the mix a, because my parents split up and B eventually he died. Um, there's just, and I don't know what it's like for you. I mean, I guess, again, like you said, it's different because the guy wasn't in the picture at all. Right. Um, although her biological lived, you know, in another state, it's not like they didn't, it's not like they weren't in touch or he, you know, didn't reach out or they didn't see each other. It wasn't, it wasn't like that. So for me, I just tried to play it like, yo, you, you have your dad, you have me. We're two different people offering two different perspectives. I'm, I'm in the home with your mom. I'm doing what I can to play my position and try to help you grow. And, you know, today she, you know, works with me on my films and my projects and she helps her mom with her projects as well. So I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know what to say. Like I'm not really drama is easy to, easy to find in life some people thrive yeah. off it but yeah. i think that we've done a great job of there's no reason for the drama right you know it's just not it's just not necessary who has time for that yeah it's a good way to look at it i think yeah. that's i think that's dope because <clears throat> like you exactly you, you put it perfectly people especially um i feel like i guess your prototypical dude right they would approach a situation like that and likely feel like they need to act a certain way or, you know, the machismo might set in or some, some bullshit might pop up where you have to, like, assert yourself in a particular way because now you're pretending to be, like, 
the one, but in reality, now she's got two. So, and that's a benefit to right. her. You know what I'm saying? But people, some people might not look at it that way. So, that it's dope that you you you've been able to accept that and and play your you know your position like you mentioned. I mean, what what's the other choice? Like, yeah, and it's called maturity too. To step in, I mean, you try to step in and be. I mean, again, I always try to look at it from like my own eyes and my own position as a kid what i would have wanted and what i would have what i would have wanted to avoid the best i could and you know when you're when you're a kid your parents split up you don't understand for years you're mad at your father then later you're mad at your mother as you become a man and you understand how things work out but at the end of the day as an adult you realize you know shit happens people don't get along for various reasons people are moving at different speeds and sometimes it's better that people split apart Mm-hmm. You know, um, so all I tried to do was create the best possible situation for her. I mean, you know, uh, any of the relationships, my relationship with her mom or her relationship, you know, relationship with her dad, like that shouldn't get in the way of my relationship with her and trying to maintain something that's positive. So not having your dad around when you were growing up, I mean, it was the same for me. And, and I, I think what I noticed um, when I had my son is that that upbringing, like I, I, I didn't even know if I really missed it that much when I was a kid, I, you know, because you're just like, this is your life. This is what it is. If you come from a single household, at least for me, it was just this is my normal. You know, I live with my mom. This is kind of my normal flow. When I had my son, the not having that dad influence in my life, at least in the earlier years, put a kind of a battery in my in my back to just like want to be extra present and want to you know go above and the above and beyond as best as I could. You feel that way as well? Yeah, I mean, you again, like going back to to my daughter, you know, looking at my own life and my own situation and wanting to create the best possible situation, one that's different from my own. I mean, there's so many things I could have learned quicker had I had a male role model in my life that could have pointed me in the right direction from business to relationships. And I didn't have that advantage. So, um, you know, I try to make sure that my son has that advantage. And, you know, you look at the holes in the sense of your life, and um, you want to make sure that those same holes don't cross over to to your kid. I mean, you can't change the way the world works. You can't make people stick together. You can't keep people alive if they die. But in your own time and on your own time, you can do your best to try to um, improve on what you didn't have. You know, I mean, that's the whole point of having kids. Like, you want them to have what you didn't have, you want them to advance in ways that you didn't. Like even, you know, going to school in New York City, you know, my mom is an immigrant. Like she didn't really understand the school system. And, you know, New York City schools are terrible, particular ones. So the involvement that my wife and I have with our kids' school and understanding the system, we're way more engaged in terms of his education and what he needs to get done than my mom. She didn't understand. Right. She didn't even understand any of that stuff. Right. You know, and, and I look at how being engaged and understanding the system, you know, had my mother understood that, you know, my educational system, my excuse me, my educational experience or my feelings towards education might have been different. You know? Yeah. So being involved, you know, looking at the things that I didn't have and trying to make sure that my kid have what I didn't have is just is the most important thing. Let, let me ask you though one thing, and, and I'm I had this a similar situation as well with my father being absent for most of the time. One of the things that I worry about now raising my daughter, and um, and I kind of pose this to everybody here as well, um, is is there an emotional like hole that 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 I need to worry about? in terms of how I deal with, with my child, am I going to, is there something, am I going to have missteps due to my shortcomings because of whatever, whatever emotional toll that had, that had on me not having my father around? Do you, do you ever feel that there's something there that, that needs to be fixed? 
Definitely. Um, but, but it's almost like when you look at your kid, you know, initially I was looking at my kid and looking for me and my kid, right. In terms of, does he think like me? Is he into what I'm into? And then you eventually realize that like, yeah, there might be some similarities, but really he's his own person. And once you, once you realize that, then you realize that he's his own person. He's going to make his own mistakes. He's going to have his own beliefs in the same way that I have my flaws and my the things that affected me and made me who I am based on my life experience and how I was raised. Even with me and his mom doing the best that we can together, there are things that about myself that I don't even understand that are going to affect him. Right. So all you can do is, you know, try your best. best. I don't think yeah. there's like a manual for any of this stuff. And, um, you try your best and you try not to make the same mistakes, but you're going to make mistakes. And it's almost, you know, in my golden years, like I try to tell young people, like mistakes are the best because I mean, obviously you don't want mistakes that are tragic, right? but mistakes are good because you, they're not mistakes when you study them and you don't repeat the behavior. So, you know, you want to be cautious. You want to make sure your kid doesn't hurt himself and do this, this and that, but sometimes you also have to let them, make those mistakes. And I'm trying to make sure that my kids don't have the same issues and make the mistakes that I make, but it's entirely possible based on what I've been through that I don't even understand. Um, those things may affect who they become. Was your, was your mom, uh, supportive of you going down the creative path or did she have thoughts of, of any other career move for you? Well, it's interesting. My mom is a painter. And my dad was a filmmaker, so right. I literally became my parents. Yeah. I am a complete reflection of who they are. At the same time, you know, my Haitian mom is still asking me when am I going to graduate from college, you know? <laughs> so, you know, people in my family, at least, you know, uh, I have cousins, you know, people went to Cornell and this school and that school. And I, the way I learn is on the job. So I, I got a fellowship to the Graduate School of Journalism at Columbia University some years ago. So that kind of calmed her down a little bit. But I think at, at the end of the day, she, she understands who I am and is proud of how I turned out and how else would I turn out based on who my parents are. You know? Right. And, and you seem to be constantly creating. Um, how have you been able to balance everything that you're doing work-wise with family time and how you making that work. Cause that's something that we, that we're always yeah, I'm guess, definitely struggling, struggling with. with that right now. <laughs> well, for me, I try to find ways to incorporate my creativity into my work. So, you know, storytelling is at the core of what I do. So if I'm writing something or, you know, directing something or even making music at the core of that is writing. So, you know, I'm going to put out a record anyway. My partner at Mass Appeal finds out. He says, why didn't you run it by me? I was like, well, uh, Rock, I don't know if you're interested in that. So mm-hmm. it makes sense for Mass Appeal to support me as chief creative officer because me being creative only stimulates more creativity. It inspires other people on the team to be creative. And, you know, the more I can break through as a creative person and an artist, at the end of the day, the business benefits from that. So I've been able to create an environment where my creativity is paramount. Um, If I'm in a situation where I'm not being creative, I'm going to be depressed. You know, like I need to uh, channel my energy through my creativity. That's like, um, that's my, that's my like, that's my capital is my creativity. That's, that's what's in the bank. I mean, obviously, um, uh, you know, putting some other zeros in the bank too by working, but the bank in terms of my creativity, my creative capital is that's, that's the thing that's kept me alive. That's what feeds my family. That's what's kept me going all these years. We, then, we always find it difficult. You know, we have this conversation and, and EFN in particular, I know struggles with this. How, how have you 
gone about kind of creating that process where you allow yourself the space to be creative when you have get in that zone basically right when you have the family unit which sometimes can be unpredictable you know their needs might be unpredictable how do you try without, to without feeling it? guilty it's, yeah <laughs> yeah that's right a... i mean you know in my these days like i don't really I'm I'm super busy, so I don't have much time for like a social life, right? I'm not on a bowling team, you know. I work long hours, so you know, my wife understands. Like, yo, my thing for me is music. I'm in a band. I play shows. Sometimes I'm out of town. Sometimes I'm in the studio, but and sometimes I'm sitting on a white bench in my house and I'm working on music. Like that's my thing for me her thing is boxing you know she loves boxing she trains she boxes you know that's her thing for her so I found a way to make the things that I'm inspired by or push me push my creativity music that's my thing for me and so I found a way to incorporate my passion in my overall mission you know this Wu-Tang film that I just directed we wanted to get a Rage Against the Machine song we reached out to them. We couldn't clear it. Guess what? 1865 gets a sink in my film. You know, mm-hmm. that's not what I was. It wasn't my goal. I wanted Rage Against the Machine, but we had a song that would work good enough to sort of create the illusion of this is a moment that involves rock and roll. So right. that's a perfect example of how I'm finding ways to channel my creativity into projects, into what my day job is. And I realized that that is a real luxury. Not everyone has the ability to do that. I mean, people I grew up with don't really understand my life. I run into them. Many of them look a lot older than they are. Hmm. Um, you know, they don't have the luxury and benefit of what I have. So I, I'm, I'm very blessed. Um, meanwhile, my wife is calling me right now because... She's in the laundry room right now. <laughs> um, can we pause for one second? Yeah. Sure. Yep. Hey, I'm back. Yo, all good, man. So, um, going going back to when you're in that creative mode. So, let's say you're in the crib and you wanna and you wanna work on some music, but your son, and you're in the creative zone, but your son really wants to play or do something. What what's your approach? Yeah. How do you how do you how do you work that out? Well, or does your son get in, get in on the music with you? A little bit. He's, he's getting more curious about it, but he's got to go to sleep at a certain point, you know, so you try to balance it where, you know, he gets his time in and I get mine. But, you know, he doesn't fully understand. Right. He, he asked me, like, why do you keep playing that song over and over again? And I explained to him, practice is important. So there are things he can pick up in me doing my thing. Mm. But it's balance. Yeah. Got to find a way to balance it. You sound so zen about it. You're just like, yeah. Like, it's w- definitely not that zen over here on this yeah. side. Me, me just thinking about my, like, if I'm in your shoes, you know, and Kay asked me that question, I'm I'm getting stressed out just thinking about how i would approach it because i'm terrible at working past you know my kids sleep time like i don't have a lot of creative juices flowing so for me it's really difficult so i got to remove myself from the equation but it comes at different times you know what i mean sometimes at night you don't have it right sometimes you know right sometimes you don't have it at night i mean i keep guitars in my office so if if inspiration comes, I plug in and just record whatever on my phone. So it's you can't really control when it comes. Yeah. It comes when it comes. Right. So here's sure. something here's something that we 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 ask most of our guests as well. This goes to to the music portion. Do you? I, I guess you know your daughter's older. Your son's just kind of I, I guess starting to pay attention to music. Do you police? the content around them or when you were raising your, your, your daughter, did you guys pay attention to, you know, not letting them hear certain lyrics or having to explain things at a certain time? Or uh, What's your approach with that? Yeah. I mean, 
we've tried to not play songs with curses, but you know, you're listening to serious radio, you turn the dial and there's hip hop with, you know, all kinds of curses. You know, I'm the guy who's not really playing hip hop in the car, but eventually people get tired of listening to Neil Young and all the other stuff I play. <laughs> so I try to, you know, have a balance. And so now he's at that point where he thinks cursing is funny. I think all kids go through that phase. Yeah. Um, so he, he's starting to understand the impact and what it means. So I think now, you know, I, I'm slightly more comfortable playing songs that have might, might have one or two curses. Um, but I've, I've been trying to avoid it, honestly, because, you know, hip hop in particular, I mean, you have to have a certain level of sophistication to understand what everything really means. Even if yeah. it's on a base level, it feels like it means something, All right. you know, to understand why people are rapping the way they're rapping and what they're rapping about, you know, he's just learning all this stuff. So, you know, he's, his, his, his hip hop diet is starting to grow, but for the longest I've, I've been trying to curb, curb that. Was it the same with your daughter? Um, you know, she was, you know, older. So I'm picking up, where I left off with him, you know what I mean? She, he's like a year older than she was when I came in her life. So, um, from what I recall, it was the same kind of process. I think we were consciously trying to avoid it. And then at a certain point, it's unavoidable. Yeah. It's hard to explain the context, uh, especially when they're young and they just hear the words. It's like, you don't want them repeating it and they don't really fully get what the, the hell it's all about. Especially when some of the music now is just repeating it. Right. Yeah, recycle rap. I, I have a question for you, and, it, and this is probably my final question. Um, so you've got a 20-some-odd-year-old daughter, and you've got a 7-year-old son. This the I'll call it like the, the puberty hashtag or, or slash, I should say, you know, sexual discussion. How did that go, or how did that come about with your older child? And what are what are you expecting or have you even had any semblance of a conversation regarding like, you know, sex in, in any type of way? Well, with the eldest, you know, her, her mom handled that, you know, <laughs> nice. Um, <laughs> I think that was the best way to, to address that. And then with this guy, I mean, he is, it's interesting, man. It's like they start doing things. You don't understand how they know these things or where they're getting it from. Are they getting it from school? Are they getting it just because they're, they're humans and this stuff is all baked into us. So there are things that are starting to come out now that are going to lead to that conversation. We're not all the way there yet, but you know, he's starting to put together how things work and now we have to come in and kind of give them more information. But it's interesting what he's picking up through popular culture, school, all that other stuff. Yeah, we're you having. Know, I think they're picking up things way quicker than us. Even, yeah. even like how they they just feels like it's so natural when they work with like electronics and gadgets. You know, I'm useless in that regard, but he can like pick up something for the first time and figure it out. It's almost like we're evolving in ways hmm. because of technology. It's just kind of crazy. Well, we were having this discussion before you you came on uh, about gender and sex conversations. And Manny, why don't you fill him in real quick on what on what your son asked you? And your son is six. Yeah, my son's six, and he he we're watching TV, and I see a gentleman on on the screen, and I I refer to him as this dude is doing something. I I you know kind of describe what was happening, and then my son questioned, "How do you know that's a dude?" And that just blew my entire mind through you know world <laughs> yeah so but why did he ask that based on the look right like <laughs> where did that come from so i mean the guy had obvious male features i mean it wasn't something about the look that would necessarily drive someone to ask the question but mm-hmm. my, my son i was explaining this to, to folks earlier my son's a bit of a dick like his dad and so sometimes he just wants to be a dick and like really press me on things to see how I respond. So knowing that, you know, gender generally is like a hot topic in and around society. 
I think he's picked up on that to some degree and used it as an opportunity to kind of challenge me to see what I would say. So we got into it a little bit um, just to try to, you know, give him some clarity on a serious tip. But I, I had to withdraw because, frankly, I just got I'm, – I'm confused to a degree when it comes to getting too deep into the topic. Yeah, I mean, the world is changing pretty quickly and attitudes are changing and this new generation has a completely different attitude. I mean, um, you know, little Nas X came out the other day. I mean, coming up in hip hop in the time when we came up, it's like that would never happen. Right. Right. Um, so it's a completely different time. And so they're coming of age at this, it technology is advanced how people view themselves as evolving. Like it's hard to keep up with the different classifications and how people want to be recognized. It's, it's hard, right? right? Cause we're from a different time. Right. And he, you know, he has similar questions to your son and, and, and likes to push buttons. Right. But he's just looking at what seems to be the quote unquote norm. And then he's looking at other things that are now being presented to him as the norm, because that's where society is now. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to see, where his family fits into all that, how his family feels about that, where he sees himself in that. And I think that, you know, quite honestly, when it comes to sexuality and identity and all these things, their generation is going to see it completely different than we do. Yeah, absolutely. That's just something that we have to accept as people coming from a different time and times are changing. It's just, it's, I can't begin to understand it or fully describe it. I just have to accept the fact that this is where things are going and the world is changing and there's a broader way for people to classify and identify and the world is embracing that. Mm. So we're learning, you're learning along with your kid. Yeah, absolutely. You know, honestly, does it ever feel though that the pendulum swings in a whole other direction and that sometimes the correction is in the middle, but because it was one way, then it swings the other way. Like, like we were also one of the other topics we were bringing up is that what would happen, you know, there's instances recently and in recent years where uh, children, young children that felt they were, you know, different sexual orientation. And then the parents, um, you know, started helping them transition at a very young age. And I was, we were trying to figure out like, how, do, how does someone deal with that? Is that even, right at a certain age like how did you know i don't know what do you have a take on that do you even feel like something you'd, you'd want to respond yeah. to i mean pa- parents can parent how they want to parent i think right I, right it's everybody's right thing about being a parent you can make those choices me personally i i would i would encourage my kid to sort of be at a certain age to make that kind of decision right you know i'm not saying that parents who are making that decision are wrong i'm just saying for me and my family if I faced a situation like that, I would, I would be, you know, in control of the situation because I'm a parent and I would just, you know, try to best understand my kid and explain to my kid, like, listen, you, you're feeling these feelings for a reason, most likely. And when you're of a certain age, if you got to make moves, no one's going to stand in your way. I think right, right now, at your age, you know, school and other things, being a kid, you know, um, is probably more important than the other stuff mm-hmm. at this juncture. Yeah, I agree. You know, but that's, that's just my thing. And other people roll a different way, and that's that's cool for them. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Well, that was that easier note. than we thought it was going to be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we we tabled that one. <laughs> Sash, well, man. on that note, Sash, we appreciate it, man. Don't want to take up all your time. I know you're busy. So, um, but yeah. Oh, good. Appreciate, appreciate you, you chopping like it up. Mad, you guys are like mad serious, like serious dads. <laughs> like we, we, yeah, we, man. We, we dad hard. Like, we need this. This is a. It's our little, our little therapy session. session. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think, you know, we generally came, all three of us, from, from uh, mostly single parent households and and um you know being a dad is important to us and and you know as people grow older and especially in a hip-hop generation it's you know it's, it's good to be able to talk with like-minded folks about all this word up yeah well hip-hop is the real 
that's the real issue. That's all the separate podcast. But cool. Thank you for, uh, for, for uh, hollering at the dad. And um, I look forward to checking it out. When, when's it going to, when's it going to run? In uh, two weeks. Not, yeah, two weeks. Cool. Yep. All right. All, all good, man. You, man. Thank you. Stay classy, gentlemen. We'll talk soon. All, all right. I appreciate it, Sasha. Peace. Oh, good night. Thank you. Yep.